Well, good morning, everyone. My phone says it's 8 o'clock. We'll start right here at 8 o'clock, and uh, hopefully, if we have a few other folks come and join in, we'll, we won't be going uh, too fast that we, we can't get other folks caught up. I am Wes Fryer. I'm very excited to be sharing the first of five sessions with you all today. Um, these actually are all sessions I've done before, except for the Wolfram Alpha session, which is probably the most mind-blowing one of, of all the sessions. Uh, I got to hear the co-founder of Wolfram Alpha present in October in Denver. And if you think about what a big deal Google is for information, think the same thing for math, for Wolfram Alpha. This session I've only shared one other time, and it was at a conference in Trophy Club, Texas, this summer at a conference that they had, a district-wide um, PD day. And so, um, in order to get to the resources, I know that some of you are logging into my big campus. Um, that really is what you're going to want to do to get all the resources for the, the conference today. And when you're in, into my big campus, there is a group that Adam Zadro has created called BYOD Conference. And so, inside BYOD Conference, he's created resource pages that have links for every session. But it's up to the presenters to go ahead and share them. But the idea is for every session you go to today, you'll be able to find resources. So we're in session one. We're in the session that's called Mobile Apps and Curriculum for Your Class. And in this case, I've just put a single link on there. And that link will take you here to this website. So um, let me begin by saying, I think the two easiest things for us to do in professional development when it comes to technology are, number one, get more overwhelmed, and number two, get more scared, okay? Because I would love it if we had a virtual little thing, if you've seen augmented reality, where like you hold up a screen and then other things appear. I'd like to see a little level meter over your head right now, like how overwhelmed are you feeling just today, you know? And then how fearful are you feeling? And most folks are going to come into any room we have already feeling pretty overwhelmed because things change so fast, and in some cases, you know, scared, because there's all kinds of things that are going around about fear and being scared. The good news about mobile apps, I think, the web is a big place. And when you, when you open up an empty browser window and say, okay, students, I want you to go da-da-da, there can be a lot of places where we go. There's a lot of things that we can do, and it's powerful, but it might not be as focused as we want it to be. And so when we create a mobile app, we have an opportunity, I think, to limit and focus where our students go, what they do, and hopefully have, a, have, have good learning opportunities and experiences because there's less maybe distraction and we can just kind of go where we need to go. Yes? How to access this? Let me um, actually give you a shortcut that if you want to jot this down, I didn't... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just create a quick little uh, shortcut and, uh, and give this to you. Um, if you want to just jot down this address, okay? The address is wfriar.me slash 2, the little o, 2. Um, this is a URL shortener like tinyurl or bit.ly that will jump you because I have a Google site that has all the resources. So the resources are linked from my big campus. But if you want to jump to it right now uh, and you're not into my big campus and that kind of thing, that, this, this will jump you there. So it's just wfriar.me slash 2, the little O2. 
Um, I am an instructional coach for UConn schools. I'm on a contract, so generally I work Monday through Thursday uh, working with teachers, helping with technology integration. Um, this semester I'm involved in doing some other things like helping with the Art and Science of Teaching course every Thursday where we're doing a discussion about a different chapter of the book and doing some other things. And so um, I'm not doing all coaching, but a lot of what I'm doing is working with teachers to use tools and hopefully get kids creating projects and, and products um, online. If you're already on my big campus, how do we get there? If you're already on my big campus, uh, you uh, ha will want to join the BYOD conference. So just in the search tab at the top, if you start to do BYOD with periods, so B-Y-O-D, and start doing periods, maybe? Okay, yeah, it should pop up, BYOD conference. And in order to get to join it right away, uh, Adam had put this little embed code um, on the doorway and stuff like that. Did you all see that? Let me write that down. The way my big campus works is uh, you, you either have to have uh, approval for folks to join or you can give people a code. And so the code for this, you wrote on my name tag. Do you all have name tags? No. I guess I gave it to zero O N six P D seven. If you say join that my big campus and then you have the magical code, make sure I got that right. Six F O N six P D seven then that approves you and you're immediately into my big campus. We tried to get this set up where we could put everybody in automatically. That was too difficult to do. And we also tried to do it where you wouldn't have to have an approval code. You could just join and... If you've already done that. Okay. You've already done that. Good. Then you're going to click on resources at the top. And under resources, there are listings for each of the sessions that are being offered today, sessions one through five. And so you'll go to session one... And we are in the session called Mobile Apps and Curriculum for Your Class. Okay? And there's one link under there. When you actually click the link, it shows you the preview inside My Big Campus, which uh, is supposed to have a thumbnail of it with the description. And then you'll click Visit Website, and it goes here. Okay. The short code for My Big Campus? No, it's To just jump there? Well, to join the MyBig campus? Yes. Okay. It is 6FON6PD. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And click on resources. Okay. Okay. And then I need to click code in. Huh. Oh, yeah. Click request to join. So, yeah, if you don't see the resources, click request to join. Oh, shoot. Huh. Was there another link? Click on home. Was there a place where you could say put in a code? No. All right. Yeah, if we if you if we request to join, then they have then uh, the owner of the co of the course has to approve you to join. So um, the fastest way to go ahead and get to these resources, and hey, this is a reason to have a mobile app, right? Because if we have a mobile app for our class, please open our app, you know, and then if I've got an updated link or whatever like that. This will be the quickest way in your browser, whatever you've got, laptop, um, iPad, 
If you if you just put that into your Safari or Chrome or whatever your browser is, it'll take you there. Yes, sir. If I'm on the test tool for my big campus, can I still access everything else that? Did you log in? Like a, a, you select you, you select your campus. I think so. I think you can still join because it'll let you, whatever campus that you've signed in under, it'll let you join this group. This is a My Big Campus group, and so anybody who's at any of our campuses can join. All right. So it's not actually a horrible thing that we've struggled to get to the same site because this is probably the same story that happens in classrooms every day. All right? I've got a resource. I've got something I want to show you. Let's get to it. And so... One of the most important reasons to think about either creating a mobile app or just a portal for your website is to solve this problem. Because probably every day, and if not every day, every week, there's going to be something new that you're going to want to give to students and you don't want them to have to type in an address. And you don't want to have to sing and dance and you know, contort yourself in order to get everybody to that site. Once you've established that as a classroom routine, here's where our stuff is. They know they can go there, and you can tell them, you know, it's under the list for Friday. There's the link to be able to go to it. So that is actually part of why we're using My Big Campus for this uh, professional development is to get everybody in there to be able to see how that is an option for providing links and resources to students, and that was, that was part of the, the thinking for that. So what I'm going to do, there's a lot of different resources on here, and, and I want to have um, a discussion about the benefits of making a mobile app versus a website, and I've got examples to show you. Some of these are UConn um, teacher examples. Some of them are for, uh, from other places. But what I'm going to do first is I'm going to just show you uh, what we'll build today and, and an example of what you can do with a mobile app. Um, I have a uh, little $15 app called Air Server, on my laptop. And what that allows me to do is to um, mirror my iPad and to, to what's called AirPlay my iPad, just like it was an Apple TV. Apple TVs cost $100. Uh, I could have brought an Apple TV, blah, 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 but you know what? My laptop's here. I've got a lot of stuff on it. And I really like this option to be able to, when I need to show something on the iPad, here we go, and I can show it. So I am on our page for our mobile curriculum, okay? This is, a, this is a Google site that has the links and things like that. And what I'm going to go to as just an example is a, is a sample app that I created using a tool called the App Builder that I'm going to show you today that's free. And I built an app for iPad Media Camp. Now, last summer in June, I did a week-long camp here in Yukon for anyone who wanted to. We had about 25 teachers participate called iPad Media Camp. It was three days, and we learned how to make, uh, we all created YouTube channels, we learned how to make narrated slideshows, quick edit videos, and eBooks. and I'm going to actually be doing um, another camp for the district at the beginning of June. We haven't decided if it's going to be a YouTube academy or a YouTube camp, or if it's going to be like just laptop tricks. I mean, Everyone's got laptops. There's a lot of different ways that we could be using them. So that's not decided. But I am going to do another one of these this summer. Um, I'm doing one here in Oklahoma City in June, and I'm doing one in Kansas in July. So I made an app. This is what it looks like. So here's, you know, we've got this whole web page of links. This is one way to be able to share resources. But if I would want, I can create an app. So I'm going to go ahead and click on this link. I'm going to open this in a new tab. And this is bringing up a link that says it's from the App Builder. 
and it pops up and says, download app to your iPad and then add to home screen. So I'm going to click on the, um, maybe I'll get my laser pointer out here, click on the share button that is the box that looks like an arrow going out. Right here, okay, I'm going to click on that because I can, I can save whatever link I have onto my iPad when I click that share link. And the choice that I'm going to, to make is not to email this to myself or Twitter it or Facebook it. I'm going to say add to home screen. And what you notice is that there's an icon that looks like this one because it's the one I created, a special icon, for this app. <coughs> and this is called a web app. And so I'm going to go ahead and add this to my home screen. It lets me change the name if I want the default name to change. And I go ahead and click Add. So now on my iPad, I have a button that I can click, and it's going to take me to this app that I've created. Let me give you a, a chance to talk with your neighbor about something. There are disadvantages to doing this, to making an app that's on the iPad or the iPhone only, instead of sharing in a different way. So turn to your neighbor, and you may know them, you may not. Introduce yourself, and I'm just going to give you um, about a minute and a half. I want you to talk about the disadvantages of doing this process. Like, who am I going to exclude? What might not be a great thing about doing this? Uh, take some time to introduce yourself and talk about, you know, this is exciting, but what's, what's the downside of this? Okay? I'm going to start a timer and give you about a minute and a half. <coughs> Okay, my elephant has trumpeted. Um, this is a little free app called Timer Plus, and I like it. You can set different uh, sort of tea timers to be however long you want and have some creative noises that come off besides just a ringing bell. All right, so what was the thought that you shared or your neighbor shared? You can volunteer your neighbor. You don't have to be the one to speak right now. What would be a disadvantage of creating an app like we're doing now? Students who don't have devices. Okay, because I'm creating a device specific um, way of getting, getting that content, okay? And it's not even just devices. Like if you have an Android phone, oh, I'm sorry, you know, don't have it for you. So I think what we're doing is really cool and it's very powerful. But it, any other thoughts about it? About, I mean, was there anything, any other disadvantages? Just getting it started, like procedure of how to... Okay, everybody bring your device on this day or, you know, trying to get it, just get it implemented would be a little bit of a challenge. Well, especially when we're in a BYOD situation. Yeah. When we've got lots of folks bringing different things, having a one app, you know, one platform sort of solution might not be the, the friendliest uh, way of sharing. And it's going to require stuff up front. So that might be things... It depends on your situation. You could do this for your school. If you have a cart, you have a cart of iPads, hmm, maybe we want an app that's for our cart, you know, and you can set that up in advance so that it's there for the students because then the instruction at the beginning is, students, I want you to open your iPads, click on our app. It's called, you know, Mr. Fryer's class or whatever you've called it, or it's called uh, YHS but that's going to require the, the pre-set up at the beginning. Any other disadvantages that you thought of besides <coughs> excluding people with, who don't have devices and, and the setup? 
going to take more time. I mean, one more thing for us mm-hmm. to do, you know. Yeah. We're scratching for time, but just initially to take the time to make them. Right. It's going to be the time up at the front. Yeah. There are going to be benefits to this in terms of limiting what, what information is shown and hopefully getting kids to their resource, okay? And whether you teach pre-K or you teach seniors, it's so easy to waste time when we have technology out, you know, even in just getting to the site. But there's going to be that time up front. Any, anything else that you mentioned as far as a disadvantage? I mean, we don't, you haven't seen the tool yet. You're not exactly sure, you know, but... The main one that comes to my mind is accessibility. And so if we were in Clinton, Oklahoma, where they're doing a one-to-one iPad initiative with their bond, they have one-to-one iPads with everybody in grade five and up, and two-to-one with everybody in grade four and down, they probably have less than 200 kids. I don't know if you all know how big Clinton is. Yeah, most of our school districts in the state are less than 200 kids. I mean, it's a very different situation than what we're in. But that's different than kids bringing their own devices. We're not providing something. You know, if at some point we're providing iPads for people, you know. All right, so let's go ahead and click on it and kind of explore this a little bit and see what what this allows and what this affords. So this is called a web app. And so it is not a true native application that we went to the store and downloaded. One of the things that means is I didn't pay $99 to get my app in the store. Because if you want your own app in the store, you have to become a developer, and, it's a, it, and there's, a, there's, some complica- there's some complications to that process of getting your app, you know, available there. Benefit of having the app in the store, people just go to the store and they search for it. You know, they find it, and it's been vetted and all that kind of stuff. But what we've actually created here is technically called a web, um, a web app. It's a web-based app. And... There are both advantages and disadvantages to this. So this is just a splash screen that has a graphic, that has some text. And down here at the bottom, we've got some different choices. So I'm going to click on the first one. um, And I have uh, organized these with with two pages and then pages for each day that we're going to do. Um, hmm, That's interesting. So... um, could not be a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Why are we getting too many redirects? Um, anytime we are doing something involving the web and websites, there's going to be, huh, is that going to close the whole thing? Oh, well, it's a bummer. Um, there are going to be some issues with content filtering and how the network is set up and other things like that. Um, I haven't, I hadn't opened this today on our network. Um, to see what this was going to do. So um, this particular app that I created last summer is actually opening up some web pages that I made on Google Sites, and it is um, allowing us to have an app-based interface to get to those pages. I'm going to try to go to some different pages and see if we can avoid that. Okay, so that's very irritating. Um, I'm not sure why we're getting that, if it's because... Um, so many people are pulling, thing. Oh, you think that might be what it is? Yeah, because I just overrid it on mine, and it, it works. Yay, thank you. Okay, so let's do that. Um, if we want to override YouTube for our connection, uh, how do you? what do you all usually go to to override the filter? Uh, well, 
I usually just go to Facebook and, and overwrite Facebook. Do you, what, what do you all do to? My was just a screen on on that that gave me the option to override. Oh, it did. It gave yeah. you the screen right there. Okay, and that was on your laptop. When I need to override the filter in the district, my my process now is I go to um, Facebook. I I say that's not me. You know, it says you're anonymous, and then I go ahead and bypass the filter. Now, why am I not going to type my password right now in front of you? Because I don't want you to see it. So whenever you're doing this fancy mirroring thing with your with your iPad, you always want to make sure you're not mirroring when you're typing in a password because you don't want to. Right. Now, are you and are you all doing this on your uh, your laptop? Okay. So this is a this app is optimized for um, the iPad screen or the iPhone screen, the mobile screen, and it is not going to look quite as nice, you know, on a regular laptop browser. Um, it's, it's, okay, yay, thank you for helping us troubleshoot that. Um, so, didn't know that, didn't know that was going to happen, but there we, we addressed that issue. It's going it, to, it, it's going to vary, and it looks like I'm still getting YouTube, um, YouTube blocked there, maybe because it's loaded it before. Scroll to the side. Oh, okay. Where they've got the where they've got the login there. Yeah. The other thing is this with with the app. One of the things I've noticed is like I can click refresh. I'll I'll try it this way. Um, you can you can quit an app by double tapping your home screen, holding down a finger, and then yeah, making it wiggle. That's right, make it wiggle, and click on the the red line or the red um, the red minus. So now I'm going to open it again, and it should get a fresh version, and hopefully it'll be nice and... Nope, still said it's blocked. Okay. So what I, what I have uh, here is basically a portal to some different pages that I've pointed to. Um, and in this case, and I'm... This, this particular Google Site page has narrowed my screen um, so that if I don't have a picture that's wide enough, um, it, it makes it narrower than it, than it needs to be. There are a lot of different options inside this app creator site for what you can, what you can create. Um, this is an example of a gallery. These are photographs that I've loaded in that I'll show you how to do that make a little browsable gallery that you can click in and see. Um, if I've got Twitter unblocked, okay, here are the latest tweets that, you know, were from this iPad media camp. And we could have, um, I don't think you can do a search, but you can have, um, you can have a, a, a Twitter ID that's there. Most of the pages that I have put on here are to uh, web pages. These are um, what I'm going to do here. Even though I bypassed the filter on my browser, for some reason it, it's still um, saying that you know that I'm blocked here. So um, 
depending upon the content that you have on your pages and whether or not you know that's filtered or, or it's unblocked, that's that's going to your mileage is going to is going to vary. Normally, when when I've done this iPad Media Camp, we've had YouTube unblocked, and so we haven't had that that kind of an issue. But this is the kind. Well, I'm sure you could do a fancier job than I, but this is the, a, a somewhat representative example of what you could create um, with this kind of an app development environment so that folks are going to be able to go to an, your app and be able to see your content. So talk with your neighbor for 60 seconds. Uh, what are the limitations of this and how is this you know, a little underwhelming compared to other apps that you've seen, um, that you've used. Okay, talk about that with your neighbor and then we'll share. All right. Some of you said you weren't underwhelmed, you're feeling overwhelmed. Okay, that's all right. Um, what is, what do you think? I mean, this is not a, your typical app environment. What, from, from what I just showed you, what are the, what are the limitations of this? What is, I mean, I'm not. I don't. I'm a little excited about this, but I don't think. Oh my gosh, this is the most amazing, you know, instructional application I've ever seen. What? Well, we had issues with our content filter. I'm sure you've never encountered that before with <laughs> students, you know. But yeah, we ran into we ran into issues with the filter, which you know we run into those normally with just going to the web, but. It wouldn't even function, you know, until we got that <coughs> that bypass issue resolved. What else? You can only go where the teacher wants you to go. Yeah, which is kind of a big part of thinking about an app. Do I want to create an app or not? It's very limiting. Right now, there are and and this particular app um, website that lets you create apps, you can only put buttons at the bottom of the screen. You, could, you can't fill, in this particular one, you can't have apps and make them look however you want and put them where, wherever you want. Um, and it's, it's constraining. There are only, you know, only the choices that I provided at the time I created the app are available. And if I want to make a change to one of these, guess what? It's not going to be an immediate snap my finger, the change is made. I'm going to have to go over here to where I build the app and, you know, change things. And, and even if it's a web page, we were seeing that these things weren't refreshing right away, um, you know, and giving us the, I don't know, I'm not sure why that, why I've bypassed YouTube, but I'm not sure why that one's not being bypassed. So, this is an app. This is a way that you can create, because what's different about just going to a web page and what I'm doing now? Look at the bottom of the screen with the icons here. You can get there fast. It's, an, it's its own icon, right? If I had just gone to a web page or I had gone to Safari and I had, um, let's say I wanted to just make, I wanted to save a bookmark to this, link, to this page. When I do that, okay, when I say add to home screen, it will make a little icon here. But when I click on it, it goes in Safari. And when I double tap my home button, it doesn't show a little app icon for it. So <coughs> there are differences than just going to a web page. 
We can click on it. It truly has its own app icon, just like I would double tap at the bottom to see the, the, the apps that I'm running. Oops, I'm inside it. You know, it has its own, it, its own icon. So it is different, and it does have some advantages, but it, al- but it also has some real limitations as far as what, what we can do with it and what we can create. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to turn my iPad, I'm going to stop mirroring my iPad now, and I'm just going to be on our web page. And what I'd like to do is talk, with, talk together a little bit about um, curriculum options and, and, and differences and where we might want to build things. Um, I learned about doing this from a PE teacher from Australia named Jared Robinson. And Jared has, I don't know for sure, but I think he's, he's at the point probably where he's replaced his income with apps that he's made, that he sells worldwide on um, Apple's um, iTunes, and most all of these are about PE. He has uh, created some of these using some of, the, some of these basic tools, but he's also done fancier things where he has contracted with people to help, you know, help him create the apps. But there's things about tracking... Um, Tracking things um, for exercise, um, and I'm not sure why this page isn't coming up. There we go. So he's got you know, easy assessments, portfolio apps, um, music workout apps, group apps. He's, he has a whole lot of things. But this is this is the guy, Jared who um, had pointed me to some of these websites that can create, um, can create apps. This is a post that he wrote in March of last year on his site, which is called the PE Geek, called uh, Make Your Own Apps in Minutes. And so he talks about some different resources that are available, including web apps and then the option of making a native um, iOS app, which would be for the iPhone or for um, the iPad, or making one that's going to be for um, Android. Some of the tools, including the one that I'm basically featuring today called the App Builder, um, will actually let you create apps for both Android as well as for iPhone. And when you make a web app, you can do one that you don't have to actually um, submit to the store. You can do one like we did here, where you click the link and you're able to go, go to it. And if you're spending even more time than I've spent, you know, learning to build these, you can make these look a lot fancier and a lot better than, you know, the little example that I had today. Um, I went ahead and just plugged in my Verizon card so I could be off of uh, the network. And um, I'm not going to play the whole thing, um, but we'll just take a look at a little bit of this. Hi, everyone. So I'll share with you another web development tool. This one allows you to build both native iPhone, iPad, and Android applications. But I'm going to show you the web applications feature and um, what I think is just as, just as available as an iPhone application, but 100% free, and no need for signing up um, with Apple or anyone like that. And the best thing is it works on all your devices. Now, I've made um, a few web apps, and literally they, they are really, really easy to make. Ibuildapp.com, and once you've signed up, um, you can create an app. 
Now you get the choice here to do a native app, which means it has to be submitted to the iPhone store and so on. We can do a web app. Now a web app works pretty much like a native app, but it's web-based, which is good. It means that the access is a little bit easier. Now they give you a heap of different um, designs you can use. Now I'm going to use the ebook design. I'm not going to build an ebook, but I just like the layout. Now you can choose whatever you like. here and note, there's a lot of preparation that he's done in advance to go ahead and build his app. So when you're going to, if you want to build an app, you're going to, you know, make an outline of kind of what kind of content you're going to want in it, and you're probably going to go ahead and build, you know, graphics that are going to be for, for each part of it. Most apps are going to be best when they're visual and they're not just text-based, and they're also not just a web page that you're going to. Um, so he's, he's done this using uh, a graphic program, and he's, he's got these already prepped out, and he's got these also sized, you know, so that they're going to be a, the appropriate good. size for what he's doing. It will give you the option to crop the image. Oh, no, it's actually... No, no, that, that'll work. Select it there, hit apply. Now, you may have a specific image that you have in mind, your class, for example, uh, and there you go, you get a little bit of an idea of what it's going to look like over here. Now, on the bottom of your page, you'll see the tabs that the, have come as default in your application. Now, I'm going to go ahead and change these. I want to produce um, down the bottom an, an icon that says... Okay, I'm going to go ahead and pause this because I'm going to, I want to walk through how to use the App Builder and, and how this, what this process looks like. Um, do any of you have a photo editing program that you use now? Would you like to know a free one that you can do? Um, I like, on the Mac, I like to use a free program that's called Seashore. So if you just Google Seashore software, um, it's a project that's on SourceForge. You might have heard of a, pro a program called the GIMP, which is um, an open source image editor. And the GIMP... Um, is available for Mac and for Windows. Seashore is actually a port or a fork, I think, of that program, uh, but it's specifically for Mac. And so you can download Seashore. I have not owned a copy of Photoshop uh, since 2006 when I last worked for a university. And so um, Seashore allows me to uh, create um, a new graphic. Um, I could... I can use some, I could even copy something that I've got off of the web. And, and so you can, you can create images and make different layers. You can put text um, on top of your, your image, and it's, it's multi-layer. 
So you can have you know layers on top where you've got you make a collage, but it's it's an image editing program. It's not Photoshop. It's not as fancy as Photoshop. If you know Photoshop and you love it, you'll probably be frustrated that you can't do everything you can do. But Photoshop costs six hundred dollars, and this is free. Okay, this is called Seashore. So what Jared was just showing us with the app builder or with um, um, whatever the name of that program was that he was just doing. Um, I Build App, thank you. Um, he's got a, you know, a full 15-minute tutorial that kind of goes through that process and, and how, um, how to build those. And so uh, this, this one that he's got in, in eight minutes goes through the steps as, um, as far as doing that inside App Builder. Um, and it probably would even be faster for me to play <coughs> his video than do that live. But I'll, I'll go ahead and work on that um, live and kind of show you that, that process a little bit. Um, but let's back up, all right? Let's think about how it is you want to share curriculum and do that digitally. I believe all of us ought to be playing with different ways of sharing curriculum digitally. Why? Well, what does it cost your students if they have access somehow? They've got a computer at home. They've got a phone. What's the, the cost there of them accessing it when you put it digital? It's zero, right? This is the magic of ones and zeros. When you digitize content, we put it on the Internet. It's the, the marginal cost or the we have economics people. You know, there's no additional cost if I've got my device and I've created it. A hundred people can access it, one person, you know. Take our handouts for today, real cost, right? But there's no additional cost to me when I create something digitally and I go ahead and share it. So I want to encourage you to think about, do I really want to do an app or do I want to do a mobile site? Do I want to make it openly available or do I want to lock it up so that only my kids can get it? There are a lot of different places that we can share curriculum. This conference today, we are using My Big Campus, which is called by some a learning management system. If you've taken any graduate courses uh, or have any kids taking courses at any of our universities now, they're in Blackboard or Desire to Learn or WebCT, you know, or something like that, which is a password protected, you've got to log in to get to your course. I think the most exciting thing as a teacher about a learning management system is I can assign homework <laughs> to students and I can assign it to a specific class. So if I want to say reflection on mobile apps, um, I can save that assignment. I can put in questions. <laughs> And then when I get down to assignees, I can go ahead and, uh, well, i got to have questions. Um, I can go ahead and assign that to our class. And I will be able to see who has turned in the assignment and who has not. And it will keep it a secret from everyone else you know, who has turned in the assignment and who hasn't, okay? But that is the, that, this is an example of a place where you can put curriculum today that is supported by our school district. There's some real benefit to using that. However, 
There's also some disadvantages to putting your content into that kind of a, of a closed area. So I personally am far more excited, and I think in our context in Yukon, where we're not providing kids today with a device. We're not giving everybody a Chromebook. We're not giving everybody an iPad. You know, we're saying at best, bring your device or we'll check one out or we'll go to the lab today, but it's a mixed environment where sometimes you'll be on a PC and sometimes you might, you know, be on a mobile device, to think about making a mobile-friendly website. Um, CNN had an article this summer in July called A Future with uh, Fewer Mobile Apps. And, you know, there's lots of people who have different opinions about this, but this author was suggesting that in a mixed environment where people don't all have the same devices, they've got different platforms, um, it makes sense to think about not having so many apps, but instead having a mobile website. So I'd like to show you a few different examples of that. Uh, this page, and, and where all the resources are for the sessions that I do, I've, I build them in Google Sites. Um, why do I build them in Google Sites? Uh, one reason is it's free. <laughs> and I don't think Google is going to go away. And I don't want to put all my curriculum on a site that's going to go defunct tomorrow. So that's a very important thing to me. Um, the other thing I like about it is... Um, it's also available to all of us since we're a Google, we're a Google um, Apps district. Um, we've got that available. So here are some examples. Um, iPad Media Camp, all of the curriculum for the camp is available here on the site. Uh, this may look a little familiar because these were pages that inside the app I asked it to point to so that it would bring those up. I actually think this looks better you know, on the web page than it does inside the mobile app. This works on an Android phone. This works on an iPad. This works on your laptop, whatever kind of device you have. And Google Sites can also make it more mobile-friendly so that um, it's going to it, um, make some adjustments for your screen and stuff like that when you have a smaller screen. Um, let me open up Misty Williams' um, pre-AP biology. <coughs> Misty is a, a teacher here at the high school, and of the... And I have not met and, and don't know that many of our high school teachers yet, but of the ones I do, she is amazing and is absolutely so far ahead of so many um, people, not just here in Yukon, but nationwide, because, oh my gosh, her entire curriculum is available inside this Google site. You can go in and see the agendas that she's built in um, with calendars. She's got announcements that she's posted um, she's got um, links and, and podcasts and video. It is, oh my gosh, has she spent a lot of time here? Yes, you know. And have you all seen this before? Have you seen her stuff? I would go to one of her sessions if you can today. I just think she is a, she is a Yoda of digital curriculum right here in Yukon, okay? And so there's a lot of benefit to the fact that she didn't make a mobile app. She created this on the web. Now, one of the disadvantages of showing you her site is, does anybody feel intimidated by that? Oh, my gosh. You know, she has spent hours and hours. But what's the benefit to Misty of spending time putting her curriculum here on this site? Who, what, who gets to benefit from that? Any of her students, without having a login, like just today we were kind of like, oh, I can't log in, and where do I get to that, and how do I join, and I join that site. You got the link. You're here. All of the content that's here is not confidential. 
There's not any student test scores here. There's not anything that, you know, is going to be parent only, student only. It's public. I think the best way for us to create and share curriculum is to put as much as we can on the public web like this, and then when we need to make something private, make it private. As I've worked with university faculty over the years, most of them don't do this. They build it in Blackboard. They build it in WebCT. They build it in Moodle. And guess who gets to see that? They're paying students. You know, nobody else does. Um, I'll show you another example, and this is uh, Jim Askew at Crescent. Have you all, do you know him, chemistry teacher? This is unbelievable. So Jim Askew, he, he was in Howe, and um, when Steve Sheever became superintendent in Crescent, and they're one of our one-to-one -one districts that's been doing laptops for quite a while, they sort of, I think they stole him, so he came, came over. But he has been using this website for chemistry for years, and he has built his entire chemistry curriculum about every concept that the kids learn in high school chemistry right here on his website, and he makes changes. Now, he started doing this before Google Sites, and he has some kind of an editor that he uses to, to you know, get this stuff, but it is unbelievable, and who can benefit from this? All of his students can, but guess what? If you're teaching chemistry... You could, you know, link to that and, and, and share that resource as well. Um, so take 60 seconds and talk with your neighbor about that. Talk about this idea of a mobile app versus the idea of creating something on um, a public page, like you saw that example from Misty or from Jim. Okay? Take about 60 seconds and do that. Okay. I didn't get my timer going. Thoughts or comments? Does this make anybody think differently about mobile apps? I mean, I'm not wanting to discourage you from ever making a mobile app, but I do want us to think really carefully about accessibility. I think we need to be passionate about not excluding. And there, is, there are digital divides all over the place. We are so fortunate in UConn for so many different reasons to have resources we have, but there's digital divides right here. There's knowledge divides and there's hardware divides. So anybody want to share a thought about that? I'm wondering with this going this way instead of the app, I guess for what I was wanting to use it for, I, mean, I, lo I love this whenever I first thought, but I thought the app's what I want to build. I still think the app maybe might be Because it depends on your purpose. It depends on your purpose and your context. And one of the things I want to do, and it's very hard to do this in not an overwhelming way, and I don't want to overwhelm, there's a menu, Okay. A mobile app is, is, can be on your menu. You don't have to get coding experience and, you know, get some certification in order to make a mobile app. And that's, we got 10 minutes left, and that's what I'm going to do next is go ahead and, and work on building an app. But I really think all of us, to some degree, need to have, we all need to have a web page that our kids can go to to get resources. Okay? I think that's just something everybody ought, ought to have. And depending on your purpose and your context, it may make sense to limit that information that they're presented with and that they see a little bit more than what they, what they would do on a Google site. Okay, so I've got some different uh, examples of learning management systems, etc. I want to go to the App Builder and go ahead and just, you know, walk you through a little bit of this. Um, you know what, though? I'm actually not going to. I'm going to show you part of this video that Jared made because, and, and this is something to learn too, okay? 
I can open up the app builder and I can sit here and click on these links, but guess what? He's recorded a screencast where he's got his materials prepared and all of this. I've done this too, um, and sometimes it feels like a cop-out. What? You're going to play as part of a video? Um, but he's done such a great job of it that it's beneficial for me to go ahead and show this video rather than, you know, click through those steps. So let's, let's take a look at the beginning of this. We've got about 10 minutes left. We, won't, we might not do this whole thing. He's going to step us through the app builder, which is the one I used to build the, the first app that we looked at. Hi everyone, just thought I'd share with you um, how you can make your own iPhone application or Android or even Windows phone for that matter uh, for your classes or for any of your web content um, in a matter of minutes and be able to use it and preview it on your phone. The website is theappbuilder.com and you start by giving it a name. Now for the purpose of this demo, I'm going to make an app that I already have that exists for my own blog and everything. Now you can do this for your classroom uh, very easily by linking in all these components that... Now I'm going to pause and what he just said was I already have a lot of content that I have on the web. I already got a blog where I'm posting my assignments or my information for students. So this is really a portal, the way that he's showing this here, to content that's somewhere else. Can you build this in a few minutes? Sure. But he's spent a lot of time putting content in other places um, that, that he's going to be using. Um, you can do photo galleries and you can, you can do, and you were talking about maybe doing words to review and stuff like that. There are, you can put, you know, uh, lists and, and content like that on, on there. What he's going to basically be doing is linking to content that he's done some other places. But there are, there's limited ways to do that, especially like if you wanted to do a vocabulary review or something like with word lists and stuff like that. And you can, you can go ahead and review, I mean, um, record voice audio on that? Not inside the app. You would have to make a page, a web page, okay. that has the recording, and then you would link to that page so people would go to it. So okay. it's, yeah, an ebook is probably a better fit for what you're doing. Okay. You could use Book Creator, which is a $5 app, okay. to make an ebook that has the words for kids, and you can record right inside the book, and they could okay. hear the words, and they could use that to review. Okay. Um, that actually might be a better choice for what you're describing because you could build that right inside Book Creator. Okay. You don't have to do this. Okay. Your class. For the purpose of this, you go. All right. I should not have paused my video. Hi, everyone. I just thought I'd share with you um, how you can make your own iPhone application or Android or even Windows phone for that matter uh, for your class. All right. My apologies. or for any of your web content um, in a matter of minutes and be able to use it and preview it on your... For the purpose of this, you go ahead and you select the elements you would like in your app. Now, I would like a RSS feed, a YouTube videos. I would like a web page in within there, a Twitter account, and... I would also like a contact session. Now you can choose to add event calendars and all sorts of different features 
um, that may be suitable to your class. Okay, next. Now, here you are on the page where you actually get to um, enter in the content that you would like to appear within the app. Now, I need my RSS feed, so find the RSS feed for my blog, paste it in, my YouTube channel, link to my YouTube videos. There it is. Um, okay. So, what, what Jared is basically doing is taking links from other sites, other places where he's built things, like he has the, a wiki spaces, wiki, um, kind of like he, we use Google Sites to create content, and he's got all those things that he's putting in here, and then it's going to build those together to be an app. So I think tools like the App Builder are um, good to know about, and depending upon your context and purpose, it might make sense to build something like that that can truly be an app that you are going to on your device that, you know, your students can, can be able to, um, you know, have, have as a button on their site. The last thing that I'm going to mention is um, a site called BuzzTouch. And I just had a meeting with uh, one of the people on our mission committee at our church, and um, they're wanting to uh, allow for mobile donations to different missions that we do locally and internationally. And I want us to be able to share video about those missions and what people are doing. And so we've talked about doing a mobile app. There are different places that you can go, and you can spend like $40,000 on an app. I mean, people are spending lots and lots of money to do it. But BuzzTouch is one place that, unlike what we've seen before, where it's just a web app that you go and you're really just getting it off the web. It's, it's playing um, stuff in a, in a browser-sized container um, that is meant for the mobile, but it's not submitted. BuzzTouch um, goes ahead and lets you submit it to the store so that you can have um, a true iPhone app that people download from the store and it has more function than what we've seen here. So this is actually the tool that we're probably going to use to build an app that has two simple functions. One, show YouTube videos, and number two, take people to a PayPal page where they can make donations to different you know, mission um, categories. All right? Um, I think that this is an arena that we need to be doing a lot more with our kids with. Okay, mobile and mobile phones, the explosion of devices is really staggering. I worked for AT&T for two years. That's how I got to move to Oklahoma. And I was in, that was uh, 2006 to 2008. That was right in the middle of the transition for AT&T to become a mobile company and have UVerse and home TV and all of this stuff. So we need, I think, to provide more opportunities to let our kids learn about this stuff, to be able to develop apps. Um, you may or may not be leaving the session today convinced that you're ready to immediately go forth and make a mobile app. What I hope you're leaving with is a better idea of some of the options that you have, the fact that there are disadvantages for making an app, but there are also some real benefits, especially if you want to constrain the choices that people have you know, inside an environment for what they're going to see and for what they're going to do. For all of you, I'll encourage you to be building online. Okay, making a web page, even just in Google Sites, 
uh, and let's just continue to learn from each other. Go to one of Misty's sessions. I know there's other teachers that are building stuff because, you know, as we build and we are, are able to share that curriculum, there's, there's a whole lot of benefit to our students as well as to us in making that curriculum available digitally and making it available in a way that multiple devices can work. So thank you so much for coming. If you didn't sign in, the sign-in sheet is here by the door. And enjoy the rest of the conference.